Napa know-how. Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12-31-19. From the host of the Geeky Retro Nerd Show podcast, the only podcast to be named by Mr. Mark Hamill himself, this is Journals of the Jedi, a Star Wars podcast. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Welcome to Journals of the Jedi. My name is Adam and I am honoured by your presence. The show, as always, is sponsored by TruffleShuffle.com. Head on over to their website and you will see tons, absolutely tons of Star Wars t-shirts and gifts and use my own exclusive personal discount code GRNS15 and you will get a 15% discount off a spend of £25 or more and it's international shipping so if you are in a galaxy far far away you won't miss out you can get in on the action too. So we're continuing the look at each year in the history of Star Wars and this episode is 1980. 1980 yes here we are finally arrived at 1980 and in this year an incredible event occurred a huge event a massive event an incredibly important event yes yours truly was born this year in 1980 oh and um, the empire strikes back was released as well <laughs> the empire strikes back what a film man what a film incredible movie in the, in the Star Wars saga. Um, some would say it's the best Star Wars movie. Some would also argue that it's the greatest movie, not just in the Star Wars saga, but just full stop, the greatest movie ever made. Um, it regularly gets very, very high on um, the best movie polls and um, all the various magazines and what have you. Is it my favorite Star Wars movie? It's very, very close very very close it depends what day you ask us um, i love empire strikes back i absolutely adore the movie i think it's a piece of art it's a work of art so well directed so well written but it's a toss-up between this and return of the jedi for me but it doesn't get away from the fact that empire is a fantastic movie but back in 1980 it wasn't received as well as it's you know as we as we talk about it now you know I'm speaking very highly of it back then not so much not so much very popular film lots of people loved it some and there's and there's a lot of parallels really with the movies that are coming out now the last jedi very divisive wasn't it 
very divisive. I loved it. Empire Strikes Back, it seems, was the same. We'll talk about that uh, in, a, in a minute. But as always, I'm going to start with this. So these are the top grossing movies in the USA and I've got to say 1980 was a fantastic year for movies. There's some, some absolute favourites of mine in this list. So here we go. At number 10 is the incredible The Blues Brothers with more than $57 million. At number 9, The Blue Lagoon with more than nearly $59 million. Number 8, classic Smokey and the Bandit 2 with uh, just over $66 million. Number seven, The Coal Miner's Daughter, uh, just over $67 million. Number six, Private Benjamin, very funny film, 69, nearly $70 million. At number five, Any Which Way You Can, which was $70.5 million. Now here we go, now we're talking. Number four, the classic, incredible, brilliant, funny, hilarious airplane, which which grossed uh, nearly $83.5 million. Then at number three, another favourite of mine, another comedy with a fantastic comedy duo, Stir Crazy, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, $101,300,000. Number two, nine to five, which has $103,290,500. And normally, I say, have a think about what number one is, and I'll tell you later in the show. I don't need to tell you. I don't need to let you think about this one, do I? Really, number one was, of course, with more than double what 9 to 5 had, with $209 million. $398,025. It was, of course, The Empire Strikes Back. What else? So let's have a look at the top 10 selling UK singles from the year 1980. So here we go at number 10, Just Like Starting Over, John Lennon. Nine, Coward of the County, Kenny Rogers. Eight, Together We Are Beautiful, Fern Kinney. Seven, Gino, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Six, The Tide Is High, Blondie. At number five, D-I-S-C-O, Ottawa. Number four, Super Trooper by ABBA. Three, Feels Like I'm In Love, Kelly Marie. Two, Woman In Love, Barbara Streisand. And number one, Don't Stand So Close To Me, The Police. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. So let's get stuck into 1980 then. And as always, I'm using the fantastic book, Star Wars, year by year, a visual history. It's absolutely cram-packed full of amazing Star Wars information. Um, so let's go. So it says here, in the first three months of 1980, ILM is still working on additional effects shots uh, and secrecy surrounds the production because very few people know what James Earl Jones' dialogue as Darth Vader is. Nobody, well, 
a very few people know what is being revealed by Vader in this movie. Despite the critical success of The Godfather Part 2, which was released in 1974, of course, the reputation of sequels is that they are never as good or profitable as the earlier films. Is Empire as good as Star Wars? Let you make up your own mind. But George Lucas has definitely made up his mind because he's quoted as saying in 1980, I think it's a better film than the first one, but I have no idea what the rest of the world will think. <laughs> well, in this year, 1980, the rest of the world is going to find out, and George, you will find out what the rest of the world thinks. So, here we go, in January, uh, Mark Hamill, on January the 16th, Mark Hamill makes an appearance on The Muppet Show, uh, directed by Peter Harris. The episode also features Anthony Daniels, uh, who of course is C-3PO. Peter Mayhew is in there as well, playing Chewbacca, and Kenny Baker is R2-D2. Uh, the storyline alternates between sketches with Hamill and his cousin, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> who hopes to rescue Chewbacca from a bunch of weird turkeys <laughs> in true Muppet style. Uh, Luke appears in the Pigs in Space segment with Miss Piggy, which of course is performed... Uh, or who, of course, is performed by Frank Oz and Gonzo as Dirth Nader. <laughs> have you seen that before on the book? It's on YouTube. Have a look. It's hilarious. Um, in February, Anthony Daniels was kept busy because he appears again as C-3PO with a radio-controlled R2-D2 this time on Sesame Street. After arriving by Flying Saucer, weird, <laughs> Why are they arriving as in a flying saucer? I don't recall seeing a flying saucer in Star Wars, do you? Um, but, but anyway, here they come in a, a, a flying saucer. And the droids deliver a holographic message for Oscar the Grouch. And play a game of blind man's bluff with Big Bird, who mistakes a mailbox for R2-D2. <laughs> lots, of, lots of typical Sesame Street shenanigans going on. Not sure about the flying saucer, but I've never actually seen it. Have you seen it? I've, I've never actually seen that bit from um, Sesame Street before, but it sounds wild. Absolutely wild. Um, also in February, uh, Marvel's Star Wars number 35 shipped, and it was titled Dark Lord's Gambit written by Archie Goodwin. And Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader meet in person uh, for the first time. However, it is on a planet called Monastery, without any mention of their encounter in the novel Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which I've mentioned in a previous episode. Readers continue to question the continuity in Star Wars publishing. Hmm, it's getting a bit... It's hard, isn't it? And I imagine it was hard at the time trying to keep, you know, you want to tell different stories. And of course, the movies were the main source of the mo uh, the stories, I suppose. But, you know, the, the comics have got to have something to write about, as did the books. So it's, it's hard keeping a thing like that all right and having the continuity right, I suppose. But, you know, it was like I say, it was questioned, but Never mind, you've just got to get on with it. Because also in April, the Empire Strikes Back novelization was released on April the 12th, to be exact. 
and it's published by Del Rey, written by Donald F. Glutz, who was an amateur filmmaker and one of Lucas's former classmates from USC. Um, also in April was the 52nd Academy Awards on April the 14th. It was the, the 52nd Academy Awards are presided over by Johnny Carson. Uh, Kramer vs. Kramer is nominated for nine awards and wins for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Actor in a Leading Role and Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Apocalypse Now is nominated for eight awards and wins two for Best Cinematography and Best Sound. Alien wins the award for Best Visual Effects. In May 1980, the Gone with the Wind style poster for The Empire Strikes Back is released. Um, it's a theatrical poster. It was painted by Roger Castell. Um, and it was inspired, of course, by the 1967 re-release poster for Gone with the Wind. And the Gone with the Wind poster was designed by Tom Young and painted by Howard Turpening. Now, you've definitely, definitely, definitely seen this poster before. It's got the classic um, Empire Strikes Back logo on it. At the top, it says the Star Wars saga continues. It has Darth Vader in the background. It has Luke sitting on his tauntaun. And it has uh, Han kind of sweeping layer off her feet if you like um moving in for a kiss it's a very 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 famous poster in cinematic history and instantly recognizable into may then and on may the 12th a weekly american uh, advertising trade a publication called adweek claims that kenna had retail sales of a hundred million dollars on star wars toys in each of the years 1978 and 1979. Incredible, isn't it? And speaking of uh, the action figures, in 1980, Kenner produces 10 new action figures to coincide with the release of The Empire Strikes Back. To preserve the surprise of Yoda in the film, his action figure is postponed until the following year. So we'll get a whole bunch of new figures but they don't want to spoil the surprise of Yoda, which is understandable. So they keep that back one year. So the 10 figures are Han Solo in his Hoth outfit, which I had. Lando Calrissian with his fancy sort of nylon style cape on that goes right up the back of his head. I had that as well. Luke Skywalker, Bespin Fatigues, which is cool as anything. He's got a little blaster in his hand. Bespin Security Guard, who also has a blaster. Imperial Snow Trooper, Hoth Battle Gear, which is cool as anything as well. IG-88, Bounty Hunter. Bosk, Bounty Hunter. Uh, Rebel Soldier, Hoth Battle Gear. Leia Organa, Bespin Gown. And FX-7, which is a medical droid. And I can imagine, obviously, I was I was only just born um, in 1980. So I, I got these figures later on, much later on. Um, but imagine getting these as a kid. And you haven't seen the film yet. Getting these, they look, they look so smart and so cool. Brilliant. On May the 16th, the 2LP soundtrack for the Empire Strikes Back movie is released. And it quickly sells 800,000 copies. But by this time, the original movie, Star Wars, uh, that soundtrack has already sold 3 million copies. Which is unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable. It's very believable because the soundtracks are amazing. Absolutely amazing. And if we didn't have those soundtracks in Star Wars, in the Star Wars saga by the incredible John Williams, what kind of movies would they have been? 
I don't know, but the music, incredible music by John Williams, makes up a lot of um, the impact of those movies, I think. Probably 50%, I would say, at least. You know, it's that good. It's that good. So I was going to say it was unbelievable, but it's not unbelievable. It's very believable because John Williams is an absolute master. Um, On May the 17th, there is a benefit premiere of the movie and it premieres like I say a benefit it's a benefit performance for the Special Olympics at the Kennedy Center in Washington DC now I looked this up on YouTube and there's a really good video on YouTube and I was going to use some of the audio from it however unfortunately some of the language used in it to describe these um, kids in the video um, hasn't aged well shall we say it's it might have been acceptable language back then but it's definitely not now so I haven't used the audio but it was really quite interesting because the cast are there as well there's millions and millions and millions of kids there the cast's there as well and they're all standing getting that that photo taken and there's a good moment where Carrie Fisher's standing in front of Dave Prowse and Dave Prowse lifts her with virtually no effort at all it's like she's made a polystyrene or something (laughs) he just lifts her up um shows how strong he is but like i say there's some unfortunate language used in it so i haven't i haven't used it in this may the 20th the royal premiere of empire strikes back takes place at the odeon in london and uh speaking of david prowse obviously he's there Uh, who plays the body of Darth Vader, as we all know, is among those who are completely surprised by Vader's paternal declaration to Luke Skywalker. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen (laughs) The Empire Strikes Back, of course we get the massive reveal that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Now, Now, it says here he was surprised at the royal premiere, but I saw on YouTube that he was at the benefit premiere um, so were well, they just then had some photos taken and skedaddled? They didn't watch the movie? I don't know. But anyway, the royal premiere on the May the 20th, David Prowse finds out that his character, Darth Vader, is Luke's father. One of the greatest twists in cinematic history. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. So, May the 21st, The Empire Strikes Back begins. It's 70mm release. And it's released in 127 theatres and it breaks 125 house records for opening day, which is a new industry achievement for the highest single day per theatre gross. And that must have been a good feeling because, you know, there had to have been an element of nervousness there from the casting crew on this film. You know, as I mentioned before, the reputation for sequels is that they're never as good, they never make as much money. Um, But this one absolutely flew out the gate absolutely flew out the gate a wider 35 millimeter release is planned for june the 18th okay now listen to this <laughs> you won't be surprised um, but much to ilm's surprise back then lucas soon orders three new effects shots because he wants to clarify the location of lando chewbacca and the millennium falcon in relation to luke and leia in the rebel medical frigate as the characters converse at the end of the film so 
we've got this incredible ending because Empire Strikes Back is one of the best endings of the whole saga of any Star Wars movie. It's one of the best endings of any movie, actually. Uh, this incredible scene. And obviously we know that uh, Chewbacca and Lando are going to save Han and Luke, Leia, C-3PO and R2-D2 are in the medical frigate. Now, I'm, I'm racking my mind and my brains to think, have I seen this original version before the added bits that Lucas has um, requested here? I'm not sure. Um, but the additional shots anyway are completed in three weeks and cut into the 35mm prints in time for the wider release. Now, famously as well in this movie, we see the Emperor, well... <laughs> The Emperor is revealed, first viewed as a hologram in Empire. Um, that's why I was hesitant there. We don't see the Empire for real, if you like. It's a hologram. Um, the Emperor is actually a composite image, right? Listen to this. It's a composite image of a hooded, uncredited makeup assistant wearing prosthetic makeup with chimpanzee eyes superimposed in post-production in a darkened eye sockets. <laughs> so I'm going to say that again. It's a composite image of a hooded, uncredited makeup assistant wearing prosthetic makeup with chimpanzee eyes superimposed in post-production in a darkened eye sockets. Now, how did that come about? How did a how did an uncredited makeup artist end up being the original emperor? <laughs> oh, we need somebody to play the emperor. Um, you over there? Do you want to play uh, the emperor? Yeah, go on then. Right, come here. We're gonna we're gonna um, stick these prosthetics on you, and then in post production, we're gonna put some chimpanzee eyes on you. Okay, right. Thank you. <laughs> now I wanted to mention this as well because this is really interesting, and I didn't know this. I didn't know this, and this is why I love this book. Um, it's absolutely brilliant, and I love finding out things like this. I really love it. Um, but I'm just gonna pause bring you these messages so as i was saying we all know that jeremy bullock landed the role of boba fett and he, boba fett was a lot of people's favorite wasn't he uh, when i was a kid he was one of my favorites absolutely loved him i'm not i'm not entirely sure why why i love boba fett i think it was the you know the cool mandalorian armor uh, he looked totally badass uh, just everything about him he was a bounty hunter and he was cool uh, but anyway, Jeremy Bullock was, of course, Boba Fett. And he landed the role after his half-brother, who was the producer of the movie, Robert Watts, Robert Watts, um, encouraged him to audition. When another actor becomes unavailable to play an Imperial officer on Cloud City, Bullock is selected as a replacement. But then... He needs someone to cover for him as Fett for a sequence, which was filmed by a different unit, in which the bounty hunter confronts Vader while Han Solo is tortured. Empire's second assistant director, Steve Lanning, notes that John Morton, who plays rebel pilot Dak, is a similar size to Bullock and enlists Morton to play Fett for the sequence. Consequently... Bullock appears in two different roles in concurrent sequences on Cloud City. 
In post-production, Fett is voiced by an uncredited Jason Wingreen, whose many TV credits include appearances on The Twilight Zone, Star Trek, Mission Impossible, and he was Harry Snowden in Archie Bunker's Place. Now, <laughs> I'll try and summarise that, because that was quite a mouthful. So we have Bullock, he's playing Boba Fett, but then an actor becomes unavailable to play an Imperial officer on Cloud City. So they want Bullock to take up that role, which means somebody needs to play Fett for a sequence in which Fett confronts Vader when Solo is being tortured. Um, so the assistant director says that the guy who plays the rebel pilot, Dak, so we all know Dak, um, he was played by a guy by uh, called John Morton. Um, he's a similar size to Bullock. So he plays Fett for that sequence. So... Bullock, in that, in that scene, Bullock is an Imperial officer and he is uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> Complicated, isn't it? But I didn't know that. Very interesting. Very interesting. Lord Vader. You may take Captain Solo to Jabba the Hutt after I have Skywalker. He's no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged. So into June then, and on June the 3rd, um, Marvel began their six-issue adaptation of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Marvel simultaneously releases a small paperback version of the entire adaptation. Empire marks the first collaboration on Star Wars by longtime friends and frequent collaborators Goodwin and Williamson. Um, Lucasfilm had provided Ralph McQuarrie's initial concept art of Yoda as visual reference for the artists and subsequently provides an up-to-date photo reference for Yoda but not before the paperback version has gone to press so what we end up with is um, in the paperback adaptation we have the small sort of purpley looking alien thing for Yoda in the paperback adaptation but once they got the up-to-date photo reference they changed it for the comic book version which lot looks a lot more like the Yoda we know and love but the thing I found most interesting is listen to this so that there's there's a bit of different dialogue in the comics uh, Marvel's creative team uses dialogue from Empire's screenplay in the comic book adaptation which turns out to differ from lines in the film that are ad-libbed or changed during production. So what we have is, so in the film, obviously, in the film version of Empire, Leia declares her love for Han Solo, and Solo famously replies, I know. Now this was famously ad-libbed by Harrison Ford. He wasn't meant to say that, he was meant to say something else. But he ad-libbed it and said, I know. Uh, and Lucas did not approve of that uh, until uh, the positive um, audience reaction with the, the test of the movie. The audience liked it, so they decided to keep, you know, I love you, uh, I know. Now, in the comic, this is what it says. So this is Leia. Han, oh Han, I love you. I couldn't tell you before, but it's true. Then Han says, just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. 
so glad. I'm so glad that they kept uh, Harrison's ad-libbed version. Um, also in June, I mentioned before, The Blues Brothers was one of the top movies of 1980. was released, uh, released on June the 20th and, of course, uh, featured the lovely Carrie Fisher in it. In July, this is cool, Burger King raises a glass. Burger King offers four different Empire glasses over the course of a four-week promotion. They look really, really cool. Uh, do you have one? Do you know anybody that's got one? I want one. Let me know on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, the restaurant franchise also offers three Empire posters illustrated by Boris Valeggio. And like I say, they look very, very cool. In August, August the 1st, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the special edition, is released. And I can just see, and just imagine George Lucas twirling his moustache. <laughs> twirling his moustache at this one. Um, Columbia Pictures allowed director Steven Spielberg who had been dissatisfied with the original release of Close Encounters, to recut the picture and shoot additional sequences, provided that he include new footage of the alien mothership. Something, of course, that George Lucas would come to do uh, in the years ahead. August the 17th. Now, by this point, in August the 17th, Empire has grossed more than $145 million at the box office. And on August the 31st, the Empire soundtrack has already sold 1 million copies. On September the 22nd, SPFX, The Empire Strikes Back, airs on CBS. It's directed by Robert Gwinnett and it's hosted by Mark Hamill. And it's a documentary all about the special effects in The Empire Strikes Back. Have you seen it before? Uh, if you haven't... Drop what you're doing and go and watch it because it's absolutely brilliant. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's on the extras on the Blu-ray versions of the, on the box set. I'm sure that's where I saw it recently on the extras on there. And it's brilliant. It's mind boggling. It's so, I mean, it's, you know, by today's standards, it's uh, pretty bog standard. But back then, I remember watching it as a kid and just having my little mind absolutely blown. Um, you know, incredible minds, incredibly innovative imagination, just top class, absolutely top class. He had Lucas had the best people at his disposable uh, disposal, no doubt about that. Um, I mentioned toys and figures before. There was also another cool toy released in 1980, and this is it here. Activate Chamber. From Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection, new Darth Vader Star Destroyer that you put together. Batteries not included. Darth Vader's stronger now. He's got moves. New Luke Skywalker. Action figures each sold separately. You can slide the viewing screen, turn Darth on the command bridge, and make Luke escape through the hidden hatch. Test the laser cannon. We gotta find Luke. Darth Vader Star Destroyer from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. New from Kenner. I love that advert. Uh, new from Kenner, Darth Vader Star Destroyer, which you put together yourself, no batteries included. Uh, but look at all this other cool stuff. <laughs> but it is cool. I never had it, but it looks wicked. Absolutely wicked. Now then, we're well into 1980 by now. The movie has been seen millions and millions of times by millions and millions of people. Uh, and they have had enough time by now to form some opinions of the movie. So I did a bit of digging online. And I found that a website had compiled some fans' comments about the movie from 1980 
in uh, Starlog magazine. I'm going to read some of them out because they are very, very interesting. So like I say, these are from uh, Starlog magazine. Here's the first fan's comment. Is Luke related to Vader? Most think so now that Vader came right out and said it. Well, I say, do you believe everything you hear? Vader may have lied just to enlist Luke to his side. Vader would then dispose of Luke once he got what he wanted. Interesting. Very interesting. When you hear the rest of these comments, it's very similar to the way people are reacting now to the new movies. Is Luke related to Vader? Well, I say, do you believe everything you hear? Vader may have lied just to enlist Luke to his side. Where have we heard that before? Here's the next one. I know they wanted to leave something to settle in the other sequels, but they have left a little too much. For instance, Han Solo's predicament. The movie should not have ended until Han was either killed by Boba Fett or Jabba or rescued by Lando Calrissian or Chewbacca, the former preferably. Also, the fate of Bespin is not told. Was it taken by Lando's troops, taken by Imperial troops or destroyed by Vader? We don't know. I like Lando Calrissian and Billy Day Williams was very good playing the part. And he was very good playing the part, wasn't he? I loved Lando Calrissian when I was a kid. And Billy Day's back. Billy Day is back for the rise of Skywalker. Um, but I like that comment. You know, we, we didn't find out the fate of Bespin. And this person wanted to know. Next one. Come on, Leia, why don't you take a look around? Can't you see what Luke is up against? You could have a nice guy like him. <laughs> Instead, you are turning your back on him. Forget that it was Luke that saved you from having your, uh, your atoms scattered throughout the galaxy. Forget that it was Luke and not Han Solo that wanted you rescued from the Death Star detention area. But you don't need to remember all that, Leia. As long as Hot Lips Han is around, who needs Luke anyway? So somebody there really rooting for Leia to get with Luke Skywalker. Probably changed their mind, I hope, when they saw Return of the Jedi. Next one. Controversial one. George Lucas has made a movie even more racist and sexist than the first. I would think that Billy Dee Williams would resent being the token black in the film. Also, there was only one other woman, apart from Carrie Fisher, in the movie do you agree with that comment let me know on twitter facebook instagram um another one it's not by any means as nice as star wars it's not as fresh and funny and surprising and witty but it is nice and inoffensive and in a way that no one associated with it need be ashamed of it's also silly it's a big expensive time-consuming essentially mechanical operation the empire strikes back is about as personal as a christmas card from a bank and that was a critics a snippet from a critics review that one um <laughs> i mean it's not as nice as star wars i'm not, I'm not quite sure what they mean there it, it's not as fresh and funny uh, but but it's surprising and witty so that's a good thing I'd like to say, as personal as a Christmas card from a bank. Hmm, interesting. Another critic's comment here. Han Solo saving Luke's life on the ice planet Hoth by slashing open a snow camel. 
a snow camel and warming him inside, Luke's hand being lopped off and his seemingly endless fall through space, Chewbacca the Wookiee yowling in grief or in comic fear, his sounds so hyperhuman you couldn't help laughing at them. The big-eared green elf, Yoda, an elf, a bloody elf, Yoda, with shining ancient eyes, who pontifically instructs Luke in how to grow up wise. Yoda looks like a wanton and talks like a fortune cookie. Ooh. So, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is a loved movie. Most people I um, engage with love Empire Strikes Back. It would be interesting to know what these people who made these remarks back in 1980 think of the film now. You know, it's quite clear that it wasn't universally loved, even by the fans. You know, those first comments I read out there were fans' comments um, of the movies. So, like I say, it'd be interesting to know what they think of the movie now. Has Empire got better with age? Maybe. So we're into December now, and another awesome, fantastic movie is released on December the 5th. Flash Gordon is released, directed by Mike Hodges and based on the classic comic book strip by Alex Raymond. The Dino De Laurentiis production stars Sam J. Jones as Flash Gordon, Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless and features Timothy Dalton, Brian Blessed, William Hookins, John Morton, John Hollis and a soundtrack by the British rock group Queen. And it's a brilliant film with a brilliant soundtrack. I love it. George Lucas famously wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, didn't he? But we got this one. Some liked it, some didn't, shall we say. And it, 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 does, it does suit certain tastes, I think. Also in December, uh, sadly, December the 8th, a stalker shoots John Lennon outside the mus- musician's home in New York City. The killer is immediately apprehended. Lennon, of course, is survived by his widow, Yoko Ono, their son, Sean, and Julian Lennon, who is his son from his former marriage to Cynthia Lennon. I don't want to end it on a sad note, though. I want to I want to end this by talking about this awesome merchandise. You know, I've mentioned a couple of things already. The figures and Darth Vader, Star Destroyer, which you build yourself and there's no batteries included. Uh, <laughs> the awesome merchandise that came out, because it was a boom in 1980. Even more Star Wars merchandise. In 1980, Star Wars merchandise becomes even bigger business. Lucas sees his Star Wars brand appear on ice creams, underwear, lunch boxes, amongst other things. And there's loads of pictures here of ice creams. There's the underoos, which I don't, I don't know if we got those over here in the UK. The underoos, uh, it's children's underwear. Um, a Luke Skywalker fatigue jacket, which is smart as anything, and it's an exclusive item actually from the official Star Wars fan club. An Empire Strikes Back lunchbox, which I believe I had, which is really cool. I wish I still had it. And a Yoda hat, which is the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. It's it's like a normal green baseball cap with Yoda written on the front with some ears coming out either side, which are obviously meant to be Yoda's ears, but they look like camel's ears or something. (laughs) I've never seen it before until I saw it in this book. Um, (laughs) It looks dead weird, honestly. Buy the book and have a look. It's brilliant. 
So there you go, that's your Star Wars goodness for the year 1980, which was also the, the year that yours truly was born. So it was a truly special year. So that makes me 40 next year, makes Empire Strikes Back 40 next year. Time's running away, isn't it? <laughs> Where is the time going? But there you go, that's 1980. Um, and I just wanted to remind you about an app called PodCoin. PodCoin is a free app. You can download it on Android or Apple. And it's a podcast app. You can listen to me on there. You can listen to your other favorite podcasts on there. And it's the only app that where the more you listen, uh, the more you get rewarded. So the more you listen, you earn points and you can convert those points into gift cards or you can turn it into cash, which can be donated to charity, which is a really, really great idea. So if you haven't got the app already, get it downloaded. Like I say, it's for free. It's on Android and Apple, and it's called PodCoin. So all that's left is for me to tell you that in 1980, Voyager 1 finds Janus, a moon of Saturn. Robert Mugabe, elected president of Zimbabwe, Silver Thursday market crash, the SAS free Iranian embassy hostages in London, arcade game Pac-Man released, and the US boycotts the Moscow Olympics, and actually the Iran-Iraq war begins. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting. There's a few bits and bobs there that I didn't know. And I'm going to leave you now with a little treat. I follow a guy on Twitter, at Star Wars Poet, and he does Star Wars poetry, and it's very good. And I asked him if he could do some Empire Strikes Back-based poetry for this show, and he has obliged, and he has sent me some recordings for your listening pleasure. So have a listen, enjoy, and I will catch you next time. Fake news. Don't look now, but I've got a notion... That big scaly dude's a Trandoshan. I hear they eat Wookiees, like their Girl Scout cookies. Keep walking, don't make a commotion. The Trandoshan Anti-Defamation League would like it known that while sworn enemies of the vile Wookiees, the Trandoshan people do not, in fact, eat them. On Lent, or without appropriate condiments. Thank you. TIE Pilot Mistaken identity. I am death from the skies, and they fear me. I am agile and quick, so they can't flee. I'm mistaken for Vader, black suit, respirator. I tell them I'm not, but I could be. At at walkers, form over function. The empire rolling in style, its troops elevated a mile. Do we get hazard pay? This just isn't our day. Did that kid with the tow rope just smile? Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily.
Right now, a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil and a Platinum Filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa Full Synthetic Oil and a Platinum Filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19. Napa know-how. Right now, a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil and a Platinum Filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa Full Synthetic Oil and a Platinum Filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19.